welcome to the sanctuary a safe space to speak from the heart i'm your host israel and my guest today is someone i've been dying to talk to lavender thank you so much for coming to the sanctuary today uh thank you for having me looking forward to it yeah cool so um i actually my first introduction was uh the uh to you was the black buffalo uh tiny concert that's right and like you know every song was like okay all right this person mm-hmm. i'm vibing along and then this song comes on i'm like as in i remember when i met you i was like what song was this and it's like it's not out it's a remix to a song let's start with some what's the title of that song again it's called mind your business and oh, it, wow. it's on youtube um it's on the black buffalo record jukebox addiction addiction what did i say addition oh my god that they have um but yeah i'm stoked that you like that that's one of my favorites like love it love it love it so let's rewind a bit how did you get into music Oh, geez. Well, I have always liked music. My grandfather was really adamant about pushing me musically when I was a kid. He used to oh. like, he taught me to play guitar. So I played acoustic and I always sang for him. He wanted me to go on Canadian Idol and all this stuff. So, um, Did you mostly, um, no, actually I didn't. I remember when they started, I was fairly young and then they canceled it before I really had a chance to go. Oh, okay. So. But I think I've always been more of a rapper, but like I didn't know until later on. And I I started rapping by mistake once at like a party. We were all drinking. It was like a high school party. It was like New Year's Eve. And then like a beat came on and I just started rapping. And then I was like, this is weird. Like I can actually do this. So I just kept freestyling. <laughs> it was like almost like two hours. We were just like all drunk. <laughs> and everyone was just like sitting around the table. This we were going on. It was so funny. But that's how I realized I could actually rap. And then... Nice. Yes. Nice. Um, how long ago was this? Um, that was 2016 because I remember oh, okay. I was like 15 or 16 years old. All right. Um, so, um, and what kind of songs did you grow up listening to? Ooh, um, I always listened to like gangster rap. That was mostly what I listened to. Like, um, I really liked self-titled, um, NWA. I used to listen to a lot of Little Wayne too, like growing up, which Little Wayne is like totally a G. He makes like awesome music. And, um, so, but most of the time it was gangster rap. <laughs> mm, nice. You know, you mentioned Little Wayne. I remember, um, I was actually talking about this with someone, can't remember the way, but, um, there was a song by Juvenile, Back That Ass Up. And oh, yeah. Like, yeah, and that was kind of like the very first time he heard Lil Wayne. And he just like had maybe three or four lines, kind of ad-libbing. And then I didn't really hear much from him. Um, and then he, he was on a feature like on Rick Ross first album, I think. Okay. Uh, that was one of my favorite tracks on that album. <laughs> and then I didn't really listen to Lil Wayne until that crazy album with Amelia and all of them. Oh yeah, like six foot, seven foot, and like Ooh, the... that album was so good. Slapped. <laughs> that album was so good. That album was so good. So um, you know, it's something to like, you know, freestyle for your friends and, and mm -hmm. stuff. Um after that New Year party with your friends where you did the freestyle, did you do any rapping thing at all again? 
not really. Honestly, it was mostly just me. I would be messed up with my friends, like drinking or something, partying, and then start freestyling. But um, so that was like the majority of it for the longest time until I got a little more serious with it. And I started recording stuff from my like shitty laptop microphone that I would use. And I put that on SoundCloud and I got like a few beats from one of my mom's friends. He goes by Tech Tie. He's dope and makes dope beats. He used to send me some stuff. So I would just like spit on it. But then it didn't get really serious until I met Fat Matt who like, He's like, he introduced me to a bunch of people and like showed me that you can have like a sustainable rap career like like he did and you can actually mm. make money from it and you can be successful at it. And that's kind of how all this started. How did you meet him and uh, what were the, some of the first things you did together? Uh, I actually met him totally by chance because um, a friend of mine, Emma, um, Emma Indigo and I, we went to... Um, God, I can't remember what it's called because I haven't been there in so long, but it's it's a country bar um, in Charlottetown. And on Thursday nights, they would have um, like a basement like dance party, basically. So mm -hmm. uh, we went out and I like never really went there in those days. And it was like a night where it wasn't super full, not a lot of people around. And Matt was just there and I was wearing this like Raptors hat that Um, my sister's friend Bolu gave me and it's like a it's a, a bucket hat and it's mm -hmm. like a limited edition Raptors bucket hat and I just so happened to wear it out and Matt was like oh my god he's like I like your style he's like I'm digging your vibe that you got going on like that hat's dope and I was like thanks and he's like I don't really know many people here I just moved here like can I hang out with you guys and I was like yeah for sure so we ended up going out to the deck to have a cigarette and uh, we started talking about music and stuff And he said that he was a producer and I was like, oh, like, and he said he rapped too. And I was like, well, I rap. And he's like, you do. And mm -hmm. I said, yeah. And next thing you know, he's like, well, why don't you come over sometime and we'll just like see, you know, see what's going on, kick some raps. Like I'll make you like show you a beat or whatever. And the next thing you know, he was getting me hyped on that. That's <laughs> <laughs> potential. Um, <laughs> so like the, did like what the first like official recording one with you um officially i've the very first like recording that i officially had um would be with matt well actually i mean i did covers of songs in high school with a friend named zach mcfarlane he um he had a bunch of studio gear in his house his like family was like super rich they lived in like a mansion and i remember i went over there and he had like just like a bunch of really dope gear so he would like record um covers and stuff so i did like a Nicki minaj cover a miss jackson cover so that was the first time that i oh, actually had been outcast, in miss Jackson's? yeah absolutely oh, right, outcast. Right, right. so good but matt was like recently when it all really started to go down he was the first place that i recorded at was at his place in cornwall in charlottetown Mm. and how was that experience it was super fun i remember when he picked me up um i was living with one of my ex-boyfriends at the time on saint peter's road and he picked me up and i was really nervous for some reason just because like you know when you first start out you're not used to sharing your voice with someone it's such a like personal thing that it's just it, it makes you nervous it makes you kind of scared to show that side of yourself 
Um, mm-hmm. But when I got there, it was just really chill and we smoked a bunch of weed and <laughs> <laughs> just started, started rapping and it was, it was great. Yeah. Um, okay. Then uh, like, did you release anything then from that, you know, from that period? Yes, actually, I have one song. The very first song that I ever made was called um, Trash to Mouth. And it was basically just like a track where it's like a braggadocio. I remember I had a lot of anger growing up. So it was just like, screw everybody kind of thing. And uh, that that one's on Spotify now. It's one of the first ones that I ever made. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, when, you know, going back just a little bit before you met Fat Matt, uh, Fat Matt Uh, did he go from freestyling to actually writing things down? Well, honestly, I've always written things down because my grandfather, he always encouraged me to write. Like I've been writing poetry since I was like 12. And I remember I wrote a poem once that people didn't believe that I had written it. And I was like, no, wow. like I really wrote it. Like it was really me. <laughs> Do you so remember what it was about? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't actually, I feel like it had to do with, it was probably sad. I've always been really good at writing about the dark, sad things in life. Like I've always, I started out reading Goosebump books. That's how I learned how to read. So I think <laughs> that might've had to do with it. I've, I've always liked punk rock too. Like that's, I listened to a lot of punk rock and like metal when I was growing up as well as gangster rap. And so mm. the dark side has always been prevalent and my whole culture of my life growing up uh, my mom's ex-husband he used to own like a skateboard shop and uh he just watched all the like weird old movies like donnie darko and like clockwork orange and so that was just like what i was introduced to and it totally mm. stuck with it yeah i actually you know it's funny you mentioned donnie darko because i saw i think it might be a photo show but like a photo of uh jake with that rabbit but like jake is all grown I- up now <laughs> that was a really weird movie so, so weird <laughs> i think there was a guy that's like an auto and then there's like a rabbit that and then the, his girlfriend was gonna die because like a plane engine was falling down and then he decided it's, to take her place or something, something it's like all that. about time travel mm-hmm. so it's like he he wakes up on a certain day and uh he sees what's about to happen and like everything just becomes a train wreck. And then the next morning he wakes up and it's still that day. So he just, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. <laughs> oh, it's old. What I think I've old? already spoiled it though. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. I, I have this issue with people and spoiling <laughs> stuff. Like, like if, you know, so what's his name? Godzilla versus King Kong came out the other day. Oh yeah. Okay. And like, if you, <laughs> talk about who wins or what happens now i can understand why people might be pissed off because it's like what two weeks old or something <laughs> i guess but like if a film is 20 or whatever years old how are you spoiling it but then it's like you know that first experience when it's new to someone else it's like i don't want to rob them of that because that movie <laughs> is such a mind freak i don't know if i'm allowed to swear on here am i yes you are okay yeah that movie is like such a mind fuck that it's like i i feel like no spoilers allowed they have to go through the hamster wheel in their head (laughs) (laughs) oh okay yeah so you know you had all that coming but like you were writing poems right you weren't writing to flow with the poems or or what happened no i mean The poems always have rhymed a little bit. Um, But Mm. to be honest, when I sit down and I write, 
I feel like over time now it's become more of a thing where I actually um, just know to naturally rhyme. But like oftentimes, like when I write, I'm channeling. So I just kind of write whatever comes to me. And oftentimes it's quite poetic. Like a lot of the music that I've made, like the Raw album and um, well, Warmth, when Warmth came out, that was like a little bit more of a, I tried to have focal points to my writing. And a lot mm-hmm. of people are really familiar with Warmth. And, uh, but the Raw album, it's, it's mostly just, it's mostly just channeled thoughts that come to me and it's more poetic than anything. Mm, mm. If that makes sense, <laughs> I feel like yeah, I rambled. Yeah, no, no, totally get it. Um, um, and then you start working with Fat Matt. Um, what what were some of the things that came out from that collabo? Um, well, um, so Matt and I, we've made songs together. I remember he uh, brought me to Churro to meet DJ Moves, and the first track that we worked on together is called Gold Medal. Um, so that's on my raw album and I absolutely love it. Um, so moves has like this amazing rap dungeon where he has like tons of vinyls and tapes and like CDs, like collector's items all over the wall, like tons of old movies and stuff. And you just like walk down there and you're just like in his creation layer. It's like amazing. Anyway, so he picks up this album off the wall and it's a Quincy Jones vinyl, um, I think I think the sample that he used was from a song called Gula Matari. And it's got like a bunch of flutes in it and this like really like um, mystical woman kind of like humming. And he just starts chopping it. And then we get to have this beautiful piece called Gold Medal, which I still treasure that song because it's a bop. But um, Matt definitely showed me the ropes in what it is to be a rap artist like what that experience is to just show up because I mean I had a lot of question marks in my head for the longest time on how to how to strategically conceptualize what I was doing like Mm -hmm. how to actually take the right moves forward like you know you just write and you're like yeah I rap and I write and that's what I do but there's there's steps to it Mm -hmm. um then I guess with you, <clears throat> when it comes to writing or, you know, making music, do you have a process? A little bit. Um, not so much anymore because I've been really trying to work hard on unblocking all of the energetic blocks in my life or the ways that I can put myself in a corner, which makes me less creative. Um, so prior to that, usually I would smoke weed and it would usually be nighttime and just listen to a beat and write. But now I can pretty much write any time because I try to allow myself to stay in that constant flow of like inspiration and like just like a higher piece. So it's, it just kind of comes out now. I have to force it out. What changed? Um, I did. I changed. I, I stopped. I stopped with the bad coping mechanisms, the drinking, the drugs, the the partying, the self-sabotage, the lying to myself, you know what I mean? I just decided to keep it really honest and really real with myself and kind of like walk in integrity with my life. And that's made a huge difference for me. Mm. What led you to do that? 
oh God, so many hard times and depression. And you just kind of, you hit a point where you're your biggest problem. And the only thing in your way is you. And then you have to face that and be like, all right, what am I going to do now? Am I going to sit here in self-pity and play the victim towards myself? Or am I going to like rise up and actually take control of my life and, and, and push myself to a certain direction? But mm. through how, a lot of hard times. Yeah. Yeah, through just a lot of hard times. How important was music uh, during that transformation? So important. Like, I really do think that music and skateboarding saved my life because, uh, honestly, I, I have struggled with depression. My depression was caused by traumas in my life that I started drinking and doing drugs to cope with. And um, it just kind of got severely out of hand, which led me to be more depressed and which led me to often having suicidal thoughts. And um, so honestly, music was like the biggest, it was the guiding light in all of this because it helped me to not only use it as a therapy and for me to be able to kind of see my, the inside of my brain and mind through a different lens, but it also helped add self-worth to myself to allow me to have the wind at my back to be able to move forward kind of thing. Like, because when people started recognizing the talent that I have and actually commending me for it and supporting me, then mm -hmm. I felt like I was more able to actually move forward. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, thanks for sharing that. I mean, I'm guessing, you know, just thinking about back then cannot have been easy mm. and uh, glad you had music and, and skateboard to help you through it so we've talked about music but like in what way does skateboard help oh my god it's well i like to think of it as a mutation because it it is when you're skateboarding you're on your board and the only thing that you're focusing on is moving around and doing tricks if you want to but the feeling of just being on has always been really therapeutic to me and uh yeah i remember my hardest times it was like the only thing that would make me feel like i was alive would be to go skateboard mm. and it just helps clear your mm. mind like feels good i love your instagram and just yeah. how you put the photos and mm -hmm. the captions but one of the photos that stood out most for me is this post of you um like well you know it's more like a group of black people in all black uh in front of by the statue of pei mm -hmm. and i was wondering one why it was important to take the photo and write the caption you did and two uh what it was like for you being black and growing up on the island uh, the photo you're referring to, I believe, is when a group of us got together in front of the legislature building in Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island. Um, we we decided that it was important to take a stand during that time. It was roughly around the time when George Floyd was murdered and the Black Lives Matter movement was starting to um, really take the nation by storm kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I know there had been some injustices going on and we just wanted to show our support for that community um, by taking a silent protest. Um, uh, I don't 
totally remember the caption that I put, but I know that um, it was extremely important to me that we, I mean, not so much be silent, but show our support. Like, although we were, it was a silent protest, but like, you know, to show up and be there and to take heed of the injustices that were going on. Because, I mean, there's, PEI hasn't had um, like a very large black community forever, but it's definitely growing. And I think that that's a beautiful thing and super important. Um, Tamara Steele, who is the, I believe, founder of the um, Black Cultural Society on PEI, um, she reached out to me and she was like, we need you to come stand with us. So that day I did. And I think I was like staying at my ex fiance's place and so the next day when I showed up I like didn't have the right clothes so and it was like raining and so like I really trooped out like I was just in my like little leather coat and the rain was like pouring for like two hours and I just stood out there but it was worth it I was like whatever I was like it's for a really good cause so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but um growing up growing up black in Prince Edward Island was very interesting I in the beginning had a lot of uh, self-hatred towards myself um, and did not accept myself for being a person of color because I didn't see it very much. I was raised by um, my mom's side of the family who's all white and um, my society that I grew up in was predominantly white. There was only a handful of black or um, Asian children Um, and I felt kind of not so much ostracized, but a lot of the time they would talk about my race. They would say things they shouldn't say. And I wanted to fit in so badly that I just didn't, I just acted like I didn't care or, you know, I just wouldn't stick up for myself. Um, and I realized that that did start me off kind of hating my blackness. And, you know, as I grew older, I realized that it's not something to hate yourself for because other people see it as a negative. It's something to love yourself for because you are who you are. And there's so much beauty about being black. So that was interesting because it definitely took me a while to accept myself as I am. Mm. Tom, what, what are some of the things that led to you accepting yourself as you are? Um, I, I just think one day I woke up and I was like, this isn't right. Like, why, why am I looking at myself like I'm a lesser person? You know what I mean? Why am I allowing people to say these things to me or treat me in this way? And it was like a lesson on self-worth because I felt like I wasn't allowed to have the opinions that I had or something, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, you found music and skateboard and, uh, it helped you deal with the difficult times and stuff. And then you went to Drew to record with DJ Moves. Yes. Well, how did he get on Black Buffalo Records? Uh, that song that I was telling you about, Gold Medal with Fat Matt and I. So mm-hmm. um, Kevin and Kamud, they really dug the song. And then they wanted to put it out. They wanted to make um, an album. They wanted to put the album out and press it on vinyl and on CD and stuff. So I was really stoked about that. And then eventually I just got to know them and they saw talent in me and wanted to um, put me up. So 
here I am. Now I'm actually <laughs> signed with them. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I met Kevin and Kamud. They're like a super awesome uh, couple. And, yeah. you know, they, they just rub off each other and then the other person understands what the other person is saying without them even actually talking. Uh, <laughs> spent some time with them. It was a great experience. Um, so you signed a blog portfolio records and what are some things you're working on now? Um, right now I've got, I've got a couple projects on the go. I've got, um, so right now, DJ Moves and I are working on a project, another album. So it would be the second one that we put out. Um, that'll be through Black Buffalo. Nemo and I are working on another album as well. Um, so there's a few songs finished from that, a few songs finished from Moves. Um, there's an album coming out called Moonwater that's done with Fortunato and Scrimmage, put out by Black Buffalo. That'll be out in August. Um, I'm working on some stuff with Jordan Woodside. I'm working on some stuff with someone. Um, That's a person's name. What? Someone? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, she's awesome. She's from Toronto. Yo! Yeah, I remember. I was actually at Kevin's and like, I don't know what we're talking about. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking about who is taking care of something. I was like, is someone taking care of something? And he was like, yeah, someone actually is, right? And I yeah. thought it was like, you know, someone actually is like, no, 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 that's the person's name, someone. Yeah. I saw her vinyl. I remember. I saw her vinyl when I was Make hanging a move. out with Kevin. Yeah, yeah. I got a t-shirt of it. I wear it like all the time. <laughs> She's like amazing. Her and yep. I are working on something and uh, we we actually haven't started yet, but it's in the works and I'm really, really excited about it because she's just amazing. She's got such a powerful, strong presence that she brings to mm-hmm. any project. So she's also mm-hmm. like really cute and fun to be around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do you, I guess, bounce off projects? Cause it's like, you know, just working with different people, I can tell like each person has their own vibe. Mm-hmm. How do you like, you know, go from this person with X vibe to this person with Y vibe and not lose yourself when you're working with all these people? Well, um, actually, so I'm an Aries. <laughs> I'm going to bring astrology into this. I'll pick up my phone. Sorry. Okay. Okay. No oh, <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll just start from that last question. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, so you get to work with all these super talented people, but from my experience working with different people, each person has their own vibe. How do you go from like one person with vibe A to someone with vibe B and not lose yourself in the process? 
Well, um, so this is something that also pertains to my motto in life. It's like a lot of the time you'll meet people and certain people do this where they have a different them that they present to different people. Like when they're with a certain person, they'll act way differently than they're with someone else. And that's something that I like just don't do. Like I am the same person as I always am with like everyone. And that's just something that I think carries on into my work as well, because for a while I used to kind of try and fit the mold of the vibe of the song. But I realized that um, through astrology, (laughs) because I like absolutely love it, um, I realized that like my talent is about me showing up unapologetically as myself. Mm. And that's how I'm going to get to the places that I want to get to. And so there's really no actual point in me trying to change to fit into molds i just add what i add to the project as who i am and then Mm. that's just what it is if they don't like it then they don't have to put it out but and how did you get to fall in love with astrology i don't even know i feel like it chose me it was like one day like i i've always been into kind of like occult mystery crystal magic stuff like since a kid i've just been drawn to it but Mm. then i started getting into astrology and i got like mega obsessed with it and everything just (laughs) seemed to make like a lot of sense so i feel like it just grabbed me and pulled me in and i didn't really have a choice (laughs) (laughs) okay 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 so um like i guess now that uh you have these three or four projects on the go um which one is coming out first uh okay i think that it's tough to say i forgot to mention that bucky blanks and i where i met you um we're working on something too so we have a song coming out um i just need to record that and i will be doing that soon but um i feel like that'll probably be out soon but you really never know because it depends on the producer right like how long they like to take to kind of fiddle around with it or mix master it put it out it's like a whole process so i honestly don't even know right mm. now the closest one in the works would be a little mystery i think five song ep that's coming out under black buffalo with a mystery producer between tai Tichi and i i don't want to spoil it yet because i haven't talked to kevin about saying anything so i'm just Fair gonna enough. no 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 i mean <laughs> but... i understand you're only allowed to share just a few things but like now there's one thing be you know behind like recording a song uh you know it's like okay uh i i like this bit and i'm gonna put these lyrics to the uh beat and then you get into the boot record it it's mixed master and it's put out there versus performing that song in front of a crowd when we could Mm. do that right Mm. Uh, what is your approach to performance performance i feel like kind of took me a little while to wrap my head around because i feel like i i don't know i've been very hard on myself i judge myself a lot i Mm. i'm always trying to like make everything exactly perfect and that's something that i've tried to stop doing because it's not healthy for people mm-hmm. but um so when i would go up there i would always feel like i'm like super awkward but i just started to just be myself like i just try my best to just get into the music and do whatever weird movements and shit that seems right and that's that's just all i do i just 
I just let the freak flag fly. <laughs> <laughs> how did you, um, well, last year with COVID, how was that experience for you? He uh, gave me a lot of anxiety, actually. Um, mm. I felt that was like a super weird time. The last couple of years, I've struggled with a few like mental problems and a lot of anxiousness. So that's not super fun. But when COVID hit, it just seemed to make it worse. But at the same time, I was kind of just keeping to myself a lot. So that was kind of chill, too, because mm. it was like I didn't have I wasn't obligated to go out and like meet up mm. with people all the time and do all this stuff. So I just took like a major reset. But like I was working throughout the whole thing because I was considered an essential worker. So I didn't like it was nice to still take a step back and then not have anyone affected by COVID around me, which is amazing. Like so happy about that. Um, but then also to still be able to talk to my coworkers. And so it didn't change too much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay. With the um, what's that song? Uh, um, with the mind your business song. Mm. Uh, what I guess what we're trying to achieve with writing that song. Like, what were you going for when you were writing that song? Um, I guess I was trying to. I feel like during the time I was writing that, I felt like people were judging me a lot. And I mean, I always kind of feel that way, whether it's really happening or not. Um, but uh, I think it was mostly just being like, what are you looking at? Mind your business. I'm doing my shit. Like, just because you're looking at me, it doesn't make my life any less valid kind of thing. And I feel like that's mostly just because the chorus. Yeah. What you looking at? Keep it walking, homie. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah no, I really like I really, really like it. And so and, and that's the remix, right? Yes. When you heard that beat, right? Or how did you feel the very first time you heard it for yourself? Oh, I was so excited because I like the original version. It's really, it really slaps as well. But the remix just seemed to hit different because it added a totally different vibe to it. And that beat was just like amazing. And I remember hearing it and I was like, oh, yeah. I just, <laughs> I just dug it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> Okay, I'm having such a great time chatting with you, but I have Me to let too. you go because you have all these things you're working on. <laughs> However, uh, before I let you go, I have this question to ask, right? <clears throat> okay. You know, especially dealing with anxiety and, and mental health challenges and and having music and, and skate, skateboard as a crux of, you know, something to fall back on um, mm-hmm. to help you through it. So there's like a little boy or girl out there or, you know, someone just watching or listening to this episode of the show and um, they have something they want to do, say music, acting, whatever, something creative, and they have self-doubt. What would you tell that person? I would tell them, do you really think that there's anything that honestly separates you from the billionaires in the world like from the billionaires of the world to just being yourself, like all these billionaires, millionaires, very successful people, they're people just like us. They, all they did was get their shit in a pile and aim it in a certain direction. And it's like, we're all human. There's nobody that is superior. There's nobody that has a 
some people get a better chance than others because they have more of a foundation behind them. But like, I, I, I say this to people all the time. I'm like, what do you think makes a millionaire different from us? We feel like we can't do it. They don't. So you just really have to believe in yourself because I feel like anybody can make that money if they want to, especially, you know, if you're, if you have the privilege of having a roof over your head, food, you know, have maybe a job or even without, you know, I think anyone can do it. Like, don't, don't, don't make yourself think that you can't because you truly can. People that have like a million bucks started out with nothing and, you know, they could do it. So why the hell can't you do it? Mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> Man, Lavender, uh, thank you so much. Wait, I like That wasn't the last question. Uh, what's the, okay, what's the story behind the name Lavender? Ooh, okay, well, so Lavender, I started out with like a few different rap names. Like when I started, I called myself Princess Cheech. That was when I first started because I used to smoke a lot of weed. And then I went to Story Shakur. And then I went to Dat Kid Rosa. And it was like nothing really felt like it fit. And then one day I took this quiz. I bought this book. And it's like an hour-long quiz that you fill out to figure out your aura color. And I got two aura colors, predominantly lavender and magenta. And I had more of the color magenta than lavender, but lavender just sounds better. So I, I just chose it. And I haven't been able to change it ever since because I feel like it's very fitting because it has to do with the crown chakra the color purple I love and I feel really connected to source so mm-hmm. stuck on it and I love plants like I'm planning on being a herbologist too like I'm studying right now taking alchemical herbology so it's just the name chose me I think really fair enough okay <laughs> yo Lavender thank you so much for coming to the sanctuary thank you for sharing and I think I'm going to play out this episode with my favorite song from you mind your business the remix okay wicked keep that guac on me it's a cold world but i'm even colder let my ice age just turn your flame to a smolder think it's funny now i'ma come correct cross my t's and got my 